Welcome to Team Rabbit Hole Edition 174 with Violet and Cody. That golden path, though. Join the team as we catch up with Violet and meet her friend Cody. Gang gang, dolphinately. Well met. What's up, guys? Thank you so What's much up, for guys? having us here. Yeah, thank you. I, I This is awesome. That's what's up. So, I mean, we could do a quick recap, but before we jump into anything, um, this episode is going to be the Hanged Man episode. I now surrender thy will be done. The Hanged Man is about surrendering to the unknown, sacrificing your idea of power, allowing the pause to give you perspective, attainment of the tiger self, and enlightenment are within reach. Raphael, what would the Galactic Heritage Card be? So here we have number... It shall be 66. Pleiades, ah, this is a good one. Sharing cultural ideals, present timeline. Pleiadians are enthusiastic cosmic anthropologists. They love studying other cultures and interacting with them. Part of this is sharing the Pleiadian culture with other species as well. This is never to dictate what is right or wrong, but purely for the purpose of exchanging ideas. This natural curiosity is also within you and this card is suggesting that you embrace this part of yourself a bit more. Don't be afraid to explore and share with others what you've learned, but to do so from a place of neutrality and genuine loving kindness. Know that the ideas you share will help others on their spiritual journeys. So out of curiosity, Violet and or Cody, uh, did either of those cards resonate? That's really funny you asked that because we were both just looking at each other like, oh my God, because I feel like we've been talking so much about surrendering. What do you feel like, Cody? Uh, yeah, we've been talking a lot about like surrendering and the power that is hidden within surrendering and how once you surrender, the tools kind of just appear all around you. That's what's up. Uh, yeah, the hangman, it's funny because it's like what Jesus on the cross or Odin on the tree of Idrisil all these kinds of uh, pictures where it's just like once you kind of give up your idea of power, we tend to feel in a 3D monkey suit sense that we've got to like Nietzschean will ourselves into a position, which doesn't, it has its place, but I think we've been programmed either culturally or genetically, however one wants to dissect this, to think that we have to like force things. And there's a difference between force and um the power of like, of surrender, I guess. Uh, it's tricky because I, I don't think it's black or white. I don't think it's like all one or the other. It seems like um, the idea that's coming to my head for some reason is the triple deacon, the mighty ducks. It's like you can watch the guy do the move, but you have to kind of surrender to the moment, hope your glove catches it, and but you're still making an effort at some level to you know, be present for the universe to experience the prevention of the goal, if that makes any sense in the hockey analogy. I'm rambling. Um so, uh, Raphael, anything that you wanted to add or anything to these cards? Oh, well, just, yeah. I think we're right on point. <laughs> Was that like a K-Pax the... sample? I haven't seen the movie K-Pax with Kevin Spacey, but it sounded like Kevin Spacey and uh, Jeff Daniels interrogating him or something. That is possible. 
The artist is called Trip Switch, and the title is Tachyon from Circuit Breaker Rewired album. <laughs> A fun Word. title. Yeah, very heady. Um, last time we had Violet on, we went into all sorts of domains, her writing, her art. Um, we ended up talking about masculinity and femininity. As I recall, it was a Lyran card episode, maybe. And um, that resonated with all of us. We, I have Leo Rising. Raphael does too, I think. And you are Leo, if I'm not mistaken, or something about Leo. And we were talking about that shit. And then also like intentional communities and building them off of gene keys or astrology and that kind of stuff. Since then, you've moved somewhere and then i think that didn't work out exactly so you moved somewhere else and i think i saw you were in sedona recently violet what are you up to it's so it's so funny because i feel like um actually what we talked about last time and the card that you guys pulled today is almost like an extension of the same thing like surrendering um and control I feel like our ideas associated with masculine and feminine energy dynamics. And interestingly enough, I feel like that's kind of where I'm sensing the conversation almost starting or being guided to start is kind of like uh, talking about the equilibrium between the aspects of masculine and feminine within themselves almost and how to balance on that plane, because there is a point where you could surrender too much as well. Um, I would also say that like, for example, the positive uh, aspect of control would be instead direction. So it's really interesting that um, the cards and what we talked about last time, I feel like tie a lot into kind of like what we've been guided to, to talk about today. As far as what I've been up to, I've actually been doing that, <laughs> balancing my masculine and feminine aspects with inside myself to achieve like a full unity because um I really love doing shadow work because I find it to be super empowering to know myself and therefore master myself. And um, throughout living situations and things not turning out exactly like I thought, I actually realized it's because I'd kind of been lying to myself about what I was actually even experiencing and what I wanted to experience. And so um, I've been getting really real with myself and really real about what I want and what I want this life to be and how I'm creating that. And it's, been really interesting word yeah we could take this any which way i do sense the extension kind of in the energy from the last epi um but out of uh, curiosity cody give me kind of an as long or a short uh i love what you said in the green room i don't know if you could repeat that exactly that was beautiful but like uh who are you where you come from um what what are you about how did you meet violet that kind of stuff's Okay, um, uh, trying to reiterate what I said earlier, uh, I'm a collection of energy reincarnate to reinforce the collective unconditional love space. Um, and I met Violet through the internet. So, you know, I, I know a lot of people like to be like, the internet's bad and things, but I feel like it kind of depends on your directive and your... Oh, no. uh, this oh, not, is closer no, no. too. <laughs> this show is closer too. <laughs> Wait, what? This show disproves it too. I mean, Jim and I met through the internet and many other good things happened too. So it's all about what Violet said in terms of the positively polarized aspect of masculinity in terms of, you know, direction and intention. But please go ahead, Cody. Yeah, exactly. You found the word for me, Raphael. Thank you. I was looking for intention. It's, I feel like 
your intention really holds a lot of power and space as far as not only like with control and like, cause Jim was speaking about like, you know, there is a control part of energy and that does play a key part, but it's only through the surrendering. Can you achieve type of archetypal power control where it's not something that's siphoning from anyone or taking, but you're transmuting the energies around you in order to use what time and space you can manipulate and control, not in a negative way, but just in like a collaborative way. Influence maybe is less assertive word than control although all this jargon has so much baggage that i mean it is what it is it's how we interpret it kind of so um it's funny though because something that you had said in the green room cody was that you were like trying to find star seeds and bring them together so they got that was cool um so you're on a wave for sure uh so i mean yeah the conscious y'all's were were it seemed like violet you had an idea of where you i mean you kind of expressed what you wanted to talk about rafael i don't know if you had any ideas off the top of my head i'm trying to get my bearings around that idea um in terms of just i guess polarity manifestation um achievement between the physical and spiritual what maybe the difference is in the Tao, yes. etc so the physical and spiritual feminine and masculine i'd leave you both the floor Violet and Cody, I just like to say that certainly this can be approached from a perspective or focus in terms of interpersonal relationships, individual lives, but equally uh, society, the structuring of society, economy, trust, authority, and also government. And uh, what we are talking about, in my view, very much is actually a prerequisite for a true sovereign action and real self-organization. And with those words, I'll leave you the floor. Raphael, I just have to say, I so appreciate, I was actually telling Cody about this today because I was giving him a little bit of background on the podcast and about both of your unique gifts or what I perceive to be your gifts anyway. And Raphael, I just really appreciate that you're so good at listening and repeating what people say, but in a way that just sounds so like eloquent. And it's just, you're, you're like a masterful communicator. So I just wanted to say thank you for not only understanding what I said, but like saying it in a better way than I did. I'm I'm laughing here. My and... thank you. Uh, yes. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was like, oh, I guess it was a silent response to the compliment. Um, but um, as far as the conversation, it, I I love what you said because that's exactly where Cody and I have been talking about it. That equilibrium is actually a prerequisite for any consciously evolved society and that's why we wanted to talk about it because it's a point that we feel like we're seeking within ourselves and always reaching to within ourselves is always balancing back and going back to the middle of those energies rather than being polarized and I feel like we feel that um, that's where the collective is heading as well and also needs to head just in the way where we can all love and respect each other because it is about balance and understanding. Completely. And only the reason I wasn't responding immediately is just because then we get the feedback through the speakers. <laughs> That's all. So, yeah. And thank you. And uh, yes, I mean, uh, Jim, what do you think? Is that good enough of a setup or valid, Cody? Is there any particular way how you would like to uh, start this conversation? I mean, I, I kind of visualize like a triangle and it's, you know, the three aspects of spirit, body and mind. 
And I feel like if any three of those aspects or parts of self are out of balance in any way, then it seems to set people off of equilibrium and keep them from being able to stay in a space of zero net neutrality. Yeah, that's it's a funny thing. Um, because on the one hand, it seems that, uh, I mean, this gets into presuppositions really quickly. Um, maybe we're always perfect and it's just that's the dance of the Tao and we're going to be unbalanced and we're just dealing with, you know, the yin-yang in flux or whatever and we kind of have to find the middle path between polarities. Uh, it seems like certain cultures stress different things. Sometimes in history it's like, oh, you know, the, the strongest physically is going to win and whoever doesn't has to outsmart them. Eventually they, you know, start using their heads. Um, maybe the person who had the softest, gentlest spirit was the one subjugated by both those groups before or whatever. And now we're kind of getting to a place, especially in America, um, where I think the game is kind of up on some levels of, I mean, I would hope on some levels of uh, programming where people are just going to start seeing that some equations just won't work anymore. You're going to keep getting the same results. There's some Bible verses like, you know, only an idiot is like a dog who goes and eats his own vomit over and over again. And maybe it's some people's lot in life. I've definitely, with, you know, addictions, been one to repeat mistakes willingly and knowingly. Um, But I think we're kind of getting to a point where we want more for ourselves. It's funny because the end of the sample of that KPAX thing or whatever was going on was like, I've come here because it's a moment of evolution and it's uncertain. And it kind of went so uncertain, like faded out. Um, it's really uncertain times, and I think, but in some in weird, some weird way, in some star seedian way, like we've chosen to be here now to kind of try to show people other operating procedures, make it certain, <laughs> to make it more certain. Well, I, that's where are we going to force awakening? I don't know if you you know Morpheus doesn't like rip open more uh, just to ourselves. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So. Um, and I don't know, just hearing where y'all are at. I mean, I know Violet, I don't know Cody yet, but it sounds like he's on the same wave where it's just like, we're all kind of doing the internal work, the shadow work, trying to be real, not just, um, and that's one thing about new age, whatever, you know, kind of love and light stuff that it can be very, anything can be delusive or delusionary or making up words, of course. Um, but one can be delusional with anything, whatever the context is, uh, whether it's civil war facts or, you know, new age um but the point is uh, if there is a point i'm just kind of rambling um we're kind of i think it's like it reminds me a lot of hook the movie hook where uh they're starting to try to make peter panning remember he's peter pan and we're all trying to remember like we're here we're showing up and the lost boys like yo we're gonna put you in a big you know big slingshot make you fly like they were trying to force the hand um, and it wasn't going to work that way. He had to have something move him emotionally to recall a memory to be like, oh shit, yeah, oh my god, now I remember. Um, so I think something more deep and profound than just like telling people to be vegan or telling people to do psychedelics or telling people to vote a certain way or whatever the fuck, it's not going to be through those mechanisms. It's going to be more through like a kind look or something. But the, for some reason, the mental image that came to me was what, um, um, I'm forgetting his name. Um, but the obese African-American child uh, who is the lost boy is like, it's time to fly. And he's like trying to like put them and they're like, think happy thoughts. Everyone's cheering them all with posters. And he just launches into paint. Uh, Hook is one of my favorite movies. Don't ask. Maybe it's because I'm a Gemini. It's like Peter Pan syndrome writ large. But the point is interesting times. I'm rambling. Um, feel free to jump in wherever guys. 
something that I also found to be interesting about equilibrium, because like you said, Jim, there's so much read an interesting point where I think we're all in our own ways, realizing collectively that words have their own definition of meaning based on a day. And then separately from that, we have all have our own interpretations of words. And then also stepping into our knowing that we're creators. And so then playing with spells and playing with what spells we create and seeing what happens because of that. And so from that point of perception, me looking at the word equilibrium and seeing what Cody is saying and really loving that and resonating with that, because I've known for myself that to be true. And I've seen that any time that one of those sides of the triangle is missing, the energy is not in equilibrium and it's not being evenly dispersed. And then also wanting to speak on a more personal level of an aspect of actually embodying that practice in an individual way, which is taking a concept or something like a shadow. So for example, um, I could look at one of my shadows and say, I'm controlling. And I could also look at it on a super other aspect and say that I'm very strong willed. And so Finding the equilibrium in that middle point is what keeps you balanced between those energies, even within that individual concept. And so I think that using that as an example, that people can rewrite a lot of their own self-programming that keeps them out of equilibrium because of the way that they're attaching to their own understanding of words and judging themselves based on their own definitions of words. Yeah, that seems to be a big issue. I mean, even with my fiance and myself, We've been reading the Gene Keys. Uh, today we read the 35th Gene Key, which is about the hunger in our DNA that makes us kind of pursue things even when we're sated. And it's just like, wow, this will pop out of our system at some point. But we're hungry for meaning, and we're hungry for meaning on our ego's terms. It gets tricky because I think the ego is such a function, right? Like I don't think it's bad. Um, it helps us operate, and beliefs are operating systems and stuff like that. But once these things can get, and it's weird because it's like this gets into presuppositions. Like, is it are the mistakes we're making all fine because we're choosing to make mistake mistakes to learn from, or is this something to rise through, like and transcend in a sense that like we're stuck in a frequency band, and and we need to you know punctuate the water so to speak to get to the oxygen or whatever. Um, equilibrium with the triangle is funny because uh, it makes me think of the different types of triangles. They're, they could still be triangles. I, I mean, we're never going to not have body or, I mean, and it seems for now, um, and mind seems inherent to where we are in our evolution and spirit, dare I say, is the substrate of it all. So it seems like whether it's isosceles, a right triangle, whatever, all these kinds of triangles, um, it's always holding form, but the distortions, uh, I, what are your impressions? And this isn't, I'm not saying this right, but like, how do you guys uh, presuppose the situation in regards to the mistakes we're are, are we having to go through growing pains, or are these like accumulation of negligence and ignorance and, and evil, or however one wants to put that, and we're trying to like combat that? Where's the equilibrium in terms of that for y'all? I think the equilibrium and like, it's kind of funny how you said like the different shapes of triangles, like we all are kind of different shapes of triangles. And I feel like once you can reach equilibrium, like at that key, the zero net point, then you can align with other people that are at that. It's almost like the triangles can lock into place with each other. And like, I totally get what you were saying earlier, Jim, like about like, you know, we're all perfect and it's like, yeah, we are. But like at the same time, we're not like we are going through these growing pains and we're trying to transcend and like transmute. And I think the purpose of it all is really to like 
help us remember the balance, like help us remind us of the power of our equilibrium. I think like the dangers are where like, you know, say your spirit is like so into the unconditional that it becomes a self-sacrificing martyr. You know, that's not going to really help anyone. And then like, but you could also be so ego filled in spirit to where you think that you are like God and the number one shit and all these, uh, everyone else is just kind of a bunch of chickens with their heads cut off. So it's like, you kind of have to like sit between yo dude on the shit. And then also like, I'm nothing. And I'm really just trying to do the best I can. And it's like, once you can get to that zero point, then it's like, you can start aligning your triangles with people that have done that same work. And I feel like the more I've been focusing on this whole equation, it's been kind of like very easy to indicate now, like throughout my days and my interactions with people, like where their triangles are sitting and what angles and shapes they're at right now. So somewhere between Anakin and uh, Obi-Wan, we don't want to, because the whole point of Obi-Wan Kenobi is like, hey, Darth, strike me down, I'm spirit, and it doesn't really matter this body, and then Anakin's like, I'm the shit, I'm the chosen one, whatever, I mean, maybe it's a bad analogy, but it seems everyone's playing a trip, I I mean, I, we don't have to talk much about Bashar necessarily, but Raphael might have something to say to the effect of, like, we have preferences preferences and permission slips to the effect that maybe the roles we're playing cause a dynamic that we're choosing to be a part of uh, that has a teleological kind of movement in the sense that we're moving, We, you know, in a Bill Hicksian sense, it's like, yo, like we want to enjoy the ride and the ride is really boring if we're all just sitting here humming Kumbaya and Om, and maybe that's where it started and then we fell into this ignorance and all stuff to rise out of it and that's the mission. It's like, how, how does it feel to fall into uh, an evolving uncertain planet and try to rise through all the static on the wire or whatever. Well, I hope you all know by now how it feels. Um, I wanted to say also that I, Oh, just lost what I was going to say. It is a Mercury retrograde, even though we're more than these flesh suits, we are still bound by the astrology, it seems, at some level. Um, Raphael, what – I mean, if you could – I mean, I'm not asking a specific question, but could you massage out in your idea how the the roles – I mean, you've played a really good sample before of um, Alan Watts talking about, you know – we were playing a game and the bad guys look like they're going to win and never do. And the good guys always look, I mean, to, to make polarity kind of an ex, you know, that way, um, the forces of good always think they're going to lose, but never do. Um, how do you look at personal responsibility and choosing? Cause what we're talking about is equilibrium. So it's like not this too much of this, not too much of that. It, but it seems like the, um, and, and in some abstract way, we're perfectly balanced, but everyone's playing such a dis distorted role that it, it it's moving forward. I don't know. I'm kind of rambling, but the point is um, what Raphael would you say to something about uh, the necessity for dynamics within duality and how does that look with the idea that we're kind of putting forward of a middle path? Um, you know, the yin yang is a middle path represented in a sense because as Terrence McKenna once said, it's like it's not the white side with the black dot and the black dot with the white side or whatever. It's the line. It's that it's that middle point where it's wiggly woggling and it's it's moving. It, it fluctuates and it's a very dynamic two dimensional still image. Um, but I didn't know if Bashar had anything to say about that. Well, or you, um, or me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this reference in terms of the line by Alan Watts. 
if I remember correctly, actually also is used by Bashar at some point. So I think you mentioned it before. It was interesting for me to hear that at least Alan Watts also talked about it, who knows where this quote-unquote originally comes from, whatever that means. And maybe what could be said is that only because one has achieved quite a, a potentially even somewhat stable equilibrium in a high order doesn't necessarily mean that uh, the waters will always be perfectly still and uh, you know nothing will be going on. Because especially considering the times and so on, there is a great deal of stability and equilibrium and higher order still to be gained and readily accessible for each and every one. And uh, it's even just a, in some ways a type of a counter move because there has been so much turmoil and so on and still is even just emotionally that, you know, taking a few steps in that this direction is not going to um, uh, terminate, you know, the movement of the waves or whatever. And then the idea I would say is just to be able to deal with po both positive and negative polarity or uh, female and masculine principle in a positive or in a constructive sense. And just as we discussed just the last show, and even I think the whole day today, it's also about this idea, for example, of being able to set direction, as you said, and thinking about a ship, but also potentially of drawing boundaries, the idea again of this individuation process. So um, I think if one is able and willing to apply both of those constructively, then in a sense you're all set. You will also gain more equilibrium simply because you will not feel unbalanced within yourself and can therefore also not be so easily quote-unquote manipulated apparently by something apparently in the outside. And uh, I would say it just gives you sovereignty. So it doesn't stop the action, but it makes you more sovereign in choosing your action. I personally love that. Oh, sorry. Did I cut you off, Jim? Jim? No, nah, you're good. Um, I just wanted to say that I personally really loved that because that's that really is how I feel about it is that um, equilibrium has to be it's like it has to be maintained in yourself in order for it to be maintained collectively, but that you also can't. It's this interesting push-pull dynamic where it's like you can't be too resistant, but you also can't chase something at the same time. And that itself is embodying equilibrium to attract equilibrium. Perfectly true, yes. So it seems, I mean, maybe it's because I'm in the middle of Colorado <laughs> during a pandemic in America or whatever, an election year. It seems like... We're During shifting. the apocalypse, no worries. During else. the apocalypse, let's just keep it real. Um, it seems like we're moving, like definitions are shifting. Violet was talking earlier about our, you know, language, and it's kind of a tool that we use to lisp to each other. Um, I mean, things like Kabbalah and things like, you know, um, Sanskrit try to get to like, there's a vibration to a word. So maybe language has fallen into a weird yuga. I mean, this is a presupposition, but uh, it seems like we're trying to crawl out of it and uh, a lot of people are just talking over each other to be heard, um, especially on social media. Uh, it just feels like there's a lot of – it's weird. My, like my fiance is kind of backed off of social media because she's like everybody's saying everything that's already 
there to be said. It's like it's almost like it's redundant in a sense, which is weird because I feel like when I got on Facebook and got more active about it, um, I mean, I've been on since 2005, but when I started like waking up, quote unquote, and doing psychedelics, I didn't feel like it was too known. And it was a very much a kind of a triangles finding triangles moment. And now it feels like triangles are seeing there's triangles and then there's squares and circles. And then there's this whole like, well, every shape is acceptable. Uh, that's kind of what I was asking about Raphael earlier in the sense of like, are, is this much ado about nothing? Should we just chill and breathe and be happy? <laughs> like, is it that simple? Or well, if the other option is just being stressed out all the time, even just biologically speaking, in a sense, yes, as a start, that would be preferable. Also, because we're talking about equilibrium or homeostasis, even stasis within the body, as within, so without, as above, so below. So yes, if I want peace in the world, I must establish peace within myself. If I want calmness and contemplation within the world, I must establish that within myself. I don't really see a sustainable way around that. And I think that's like where the surrender part like really comes in heavy is like the understanding of the lack of control of the outer world and all the kooky craziness, but then being able to come back to self and like understand how easy you can traverse your own waters once you just learn how the waves move. Yeah, I'm at a point, I mean, I don't know if it's the past few days, it's been interesting astrology um, and all sorts of things. I don't want to overly credit outside quote forces like Schumann residences and stuff like that. Um, but it's been interesting weather where sometimes I feel very, how would I even put it? Feeling is not even the right word. Sometimes I come to punctuation points where I'm like very aware of the fact that we're witnessing something go down. And then sometimes I'm not sure how I should be functioning within the, within the drama, if that makes sense. Um, because I, I think what uh, Violet said earlier was something to the effect of like sometimes too much passivity is not okay. So it's like, you know, I mean, Jesus flipping the tables is a good example of he didn't, he wasn't passive on that moment, right? He could have just said, they be like, all is one and it's okay. But he's like, no, you guys need to learn a lesson. And it gets tricky with the idea of like how to show people truth without burning them with the light of the fire. Um, I'm wondering how you guys might be doing like, because, and I, it's not like one stay, stable moment. I think there's like, you know, seasons of like, well, I'm super self-righteous, but I, I've got the truth. And then sometimes you're very doubtful and it's like, my light is dim, but I've still got my light. How do you guys personally um, tread those waters in terms of uh, effect, I guess you could say, while understanding also, if it is true, it's a presupposition that everything's on time, on schedule, a-okay at a level. Okay, so there's a few things I want to say, and then I'm going to hand my little phone over to Cody, which is one of the things is I feel like what we're collectively here to experience is the power of free will and the power of choice, which means that we understand that we're creating all of this, we're experiencing all of this, and that it's all perfect. From the same perspective, we can also realize we don't want to experience certain things and choose out of those things. So we could you know, take an extreme example and, and say, okay, we want to collectively decide that like murder, like isn't cool anymore. Like we don't have to allow that. We can choose to not allow that. And we can choose to create ways to not allow that. 
um, in whatever way we want to choose to not allow that. So there's so much freedom and there's so much choice. And I feel like what you're talking about is almost you tapping into your own unlimited potential, which is the truth of all of us, is that we are gods. We're, I feel like we're gods. We're here to create and we're here to understand the power of our creations and take full and total responsibility for our creations. And so to me... Um, the intention itself, it's what's important. If you're seeking balance and unity, you will always find it. And you can find people, I feel like, that are also seeking balance and unity because they're always trying to understand and they're always looking for unifying terms. They're always asking questions. They're always, um, there's certain behavior, I think, uh, signs that you can notice about yourself and about other people that can tell you uh, where their intentions are kind of guiding their energy. Um, because even if we don't always know the quote unquote right or most accurate word to say, I think the intention itself carries the energy through the language. Um, and I also want to say that in regard to, you know, burning people with the truth and things like that, I really embody my Leo son recently. And for me, that's what feel best, which is literally fuck what people think. Like I'm not here. I'm actually not here to teach anyone anything. I'm here to be myself and for people to learn from me by me being myself and embodying my truth. Okay. And then like, really like what a violet went saying, like embodying her truth, like, you were talking about the drama and like whether or not getting involved in it or so, but um, I kind of like to understand when my emotions are rising, see those triggers and then try and identify if it's connected to my inner truth. Like the only, that I really try to identify with is like the inner child, like sovereignty truth. So I kind of like to see, is it like two people causing their own drama and am I really going to help at all by interjecting or are they going to have to learn this on their own? Or is it like, an inner intrinsic truth that needs to be spoken up and no one else is willing to do it, then I might step in and say something about it. But I, I feel like honestly, like it's kind of just, it's time to start saying stuff. I feel like for a long time, a lot of us have been like kind of become spectators. Like we, we go to the movies and we watch these movies and now we're so used to spectating on a screen. It's like, we think the life is a screen in itself and we're just spectating. And so it's like, I guess a lot of people are kind of scared to like, step into their role like whether it be someone speaking up loudly or it be someone you know and be like dude why are you being so mean to that why are you being so mean to my friend like and it doesn't have to be like in an aggressive attacking way it can just be in a questionatory way to be like you know i don't really feel like this is right and it doesn't seem right so i'm going to bring to light why you're doing the thing if you guys are okay with it and just to mix it up we have a guest from our, if you will, German-speaking community, Anja, and I'd uh, pull her in and have her comment or question whatever we've been talking about, if you guys agree. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, I'm done. Yes, absolutely. All right, then. Welcome, Anja. Good evening. We got two leapers in the house. Yeah, so one of our favorite topics, of course, let's say good and evil, and especially beyond good and evil. Anya, what would you like uh, to say? Um, it's only a short time that I listen to you. And uh, I remember, sorry, you, um, Sendung before. And, and the whole evening, and now again, my 
I have a thought in my head and it's always the same. I can say the complete day. We all want to have something new on earth. And I think, or I'm sure, especially people here knowing the channel, we find out that the most what we got teached, or what we think it's knowing or knowledge, it's based on lies. It's not true. And we have that information, time is not existing. We have that information, the moon is not a moon, it's a satellite. satellite. And all that crap. But when that all is true, then we cannot create something new or find out how we really work, how we really are. If we use the basics, the old basics, that, that didn't work. When time not exists, I cannot make a calculation with birth date in astro uh, astrology. When the date is wrong because we miss 600 years, we have not uh, 2020. So when that all complete is wrong, then we cannot use it stuff. I think we must really find our own way personally and we must stop to be calculated. Each of us is a individual. It's, it's single. And the collective, I know collective is, is for some people a nice idea. But if I take it real, so most of that stuff are only ideas. And if we believe that ideas, we make that idea real. But that idea can be bullshit. That idea can be a lie. We only can make it, only what it shows that we can make it real because we believe it's true. But on the end, it's a lie. And so we really need to create or find new ways to find out how we work, how we function, but not with that old crap that will not work. And that I see on, on, on so many, many places and so many people. And so what they forget is, for example, we have now new frequencies. Schumann frequency is, is not longer the same. But in that old calculation, it's not, it's not inside. We have new energies. We have our own ev evolution that doesn't match with the collective, not with the calculation from, from the controller. So, sorry. I think we start really at the point zero. We must start at the point zero and let drop all that old crap away. Complete. Maybe for some it's a bit uh, irritation and, and all that, but the starting point is zero. When we really want to have a new creation, a new world, a new life. At least, I think some of you know Bruce Lipton and Joe Dispenza. They told us we not our genes tell us how we have to live now. We tell them how we want to live. So, if that is true, 
sorry, Jim, I know you like that stuff, but then that, that, if that is true, there is no gene key. For us exists not a key. For to know the key for us, we, we, we must know how we really based. And then we have that information. We are based on seven uh, different speech, uh, species. But we even didn't know them. So how can we have then is a key for us? I think okay. the key, if, if I list, the key we are self, our thinking is the key, what we believe. And our body is a wishing tree, our life is a wishing tree. If we are really a creator with no limitation, then we have, I think, to, to take it re serious, real. There is no limitation, but we hold, we hold on old limitations. Um, I would just say that, you know, any tool dependent, its usefulness for me is dependent whether or not its ultimate direction is within this idea of less limitation, which as I understand the gene keys most certainly is a category within which they fall into. However, I'd love for you, Violet or Cody to respond to anything that Anya just said, if you will. I feel like personally, I mean, I guess from one perspective, it goes without saying that everything's a matter of perception, because what isn't? At the same time, I feel that that's kind of almost the point of that itself. Like, if you see gene, I'm just using this as an example. If you see gene keys that way, then that's what's true for you. But that's not what's true for everybody, because not everybody is you even though everybody is you at the same time. So to me, everything is always both. And that's what unity is itself. And when we're, when we're only, when we can only see one perspective of something that itself is the polarity being multidimensional, being unified means we can see a lot of different perspectives and agree and disagree with a lot of them at the same time, something that would seem contradictory if we were looking at something from a sense of ego, as we could only see one perspective or only see something one way. So to me, Raphael said, or I feel like what he's saying, everything has value, everything serves a purpose, and we can learn a lot from what we uh, don't want to recreate from the past. Simultaneously, I also agree with everything that An just said. So for me, it's that it's a yes and so for me that's my zero it's a yes and it's not a ignoring or a scrapping of anything and yet at the same time it is a scrapping of uh of certain things um i'm gonna take a couple words like i i see a key but i think the key is to be at zero kind of like on just said like taking away everything that we've remembered and all these ideals and all these constructs that we've placed in our head to, you know, build these castles when really our imagination is like so vast, we could build worlds that are otherworldly that we haven't even envisioned yet because of these constructual ideas. So I think like not getting too lost in like the deep waves and hurricanes of emotions and not also like getting so convoluted into ego, you're like under the earth's crust, but being at that zero point and like, being an unconditional love with zero except like zero um, expectation and like being able to come to the understanding that everyone is different vastly. And no matter how much you might even be on the right path with the truth intrinsically right by your side for someone else and the lens they're looking through, it could 
complete it could completely knock them off their path so and i feel like we're all just walking different parts of the path so it's like i almost feel like we can get in each other's way by like you know being so sure or being so unsure at the same time that's why i'm trying i'm trying to live in that balance of between i i'm not against going to zero i think that's kind of whatever i mean whether it's tartaria resets or whatever uh, i think people have attempted to do this throughout times it's really yeah, hard just to mention briefly jim uh, before i let you continue Anya, what you kind of what it kind of sounded to me where it seems more i don't really want to say dangerous but um the idea when you say total reset and to totally new and from zero and so on and i would go with what violet says in terms of yes and just in the sense that again even like this if we want to even get there for example we're gonna we're gonna use language for now yeah so it's really and i also i think i have this in my human design somewhere so i always keep harping on that point but like the idea of incremental improvement which also includes the idea and optimism also includes the idea of course of incremental movement towards uh, conscious infinite creative potential however uh, i'm still not gonna knock out my own base if i want to get there that doesn't make complete sense to me even though the eventual uh, target is the zero point and also certainly this is what i always repeat when i talk about meditation is the along with maybe the full energy and laughter and joy um, the zero point as a state is you know the saving grace of uh, this density of experience for me for sure and that's a very you know immediate and visceral experience For me, it's zero point. Zero point is for me first when I find out how many, on how many lies our life is based to cut them out. And so I have my zero point on many different places or situations. And zero point is for me. It's like a point of nothing, but nothingness in that name for me is nothingness is for me the same like all as long I have not a definition of something special. So all can be. It's like how the field of possibility works. And I stand on a zero point and can look in all directions and can then choose what I like. But I will not make a, I will not choose between a, a lie and truth. I want to have a, a field of possibilities full with uh, truth and not full, uh, filled up with lies. And what for me is sure, our basics, it's, it's our own creation, but not uh, before we came here. I think we created here, here and now, and not in the, before we came here on earth. And so I, I find out for myself on that way, I have not basics that many people explain. Yes, it was a soul plan or whatever. For me, that's all our ideas too, for giving people a direction. 
by the direction with no security, with no not feeling safe. We we hear so many times, oh, the soul it has that plan. You higher the higher self has that plan. This has a plan. God has a plan. Okay, when we all have that, what are we? We are only under that plan from a part that we have, but that we are not. And so for me, it's um, zero point, a safe place, a good place to start. So uh, it's that point where I can say, okay, from here, uh, from here and now, it's my reincarnation. I start and I create it now, new, with that what I want. And not with that was what other people told me that I have to do, that I have to be, where I have to go. It's really zero. It's a new start. I mean, what, that kind of reminds me of a little, and it's funny because I picked a song from the soundtrack of this film. Uh, in Tron, they go into a digital frontier and create a new world, and I'm going to you know, do all this stuff. And there were even anomalies in that system where they're like, we didn't create this and we don't know where it came from. I forget what they're called exactly. The chick with the motorcycle is from this group of beings. Um, one of the fallacies, I guess one could say, of scientism is that there's this objective neutrality, one might say, and that it's not affected by the outcome, like the thing it's participating with. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not at a point where I can grok it, but... I don't know how we, I think Buddhism is an attempt, I guess, at shedding, and I guess Descartes, in a sense, also was like trying to identify what parts of oneself over, you know, like, what am I not? Not this, not this, I'm not this, and that. And you get to a point of pure awareness, which I think might be the zero point you're talking about, but that still formulates, it seems, like I'm not a Gnostic to the degree where I think this is all just dirty, bad, and we have to scrap it all. It's served a function, whether I can understand it or not completely is another question altogether. But like history, language, polarity, you know, all these kinds of things are part of the song of creation as it stands now. Um, and something I've been struggling, not struggling with, but like dealing with, I guess, especially with my fiance is I think a lot of um, in more, you know, quote, woke or new age communities, like we talk in very specific terms um, and I'll just use the gene keys as an example. There's 64 gene keys, right? And there's a, a, basically a, a shadow, which is like the ignorant mode, which is fine, but it's like in a shadow. There's a gift, which is like, I'm aware, but I'm still not like totally woke. And then there's a city, which is like, I'm fully on and I'm above it all kind of nirvana in mode, if you want to put it that way. And I feel that, uh, what we're starting to see is a lot of people turning on very passionately to their perspective, which is acceptable and how it ought to be. But then I guess presuming that their perspective's um, highest frequency, if you want to put that in a city, is going to be easily digested or understood by others. Um, that's why the whole point is like 64 cities are describing one state, I guess, ultimate being, but through different aspects towards that center point of the circle. Um, so when you say a total reason, I'm like, I mean, does that include forgetting about Bruce Lipton's opinions or research? Does that include forgetting 
you know, material structure and reality. We may be going to that kind of place that is kind of what an apocalypse implies at a level. Um, and that's why I was kind of mentioning Tron. It's like, I think at some level there was uh, probably, I mean, this presuppositions, Buddhists say it's always, always been co-occurring, right? Like there was no zero, there was no nothingness. It's always been happening equally altogether at once. I forget what that's called in Buddhism, but it's called, there's a precept about that. Um, I guess ex nihilo creation would be a very Christian, Judeo-Christian kind of thing, more represented in Tron where it's like, hi, I'm a creator and I'm going to manifest something out of my will. Uh, and then now there's participants yeah, in that. Where'd the creator come from? Well, that's an infinite regression issue, and that's another question altogether. Um, so it gets tricky, no matter how one cuts this metaphysics. I mean, tr what the space I've gone to on psychedelics, like DMT and stuff, I'm like, that's more real than here. Um, but, you know, how do I express that through language to other monkeys who may not ever either get that or who have gotten it already and I don't need to explain it to them and they have it in their own terms, so to speak. Um, that's kind of what I was saying early, way earlier. Is it all good and we're just having our monkey minds have conniption fits over expectations? Kind of like what Violet was saying. She like is having to learn like, you know, expectations can be problematic. Um, have we been telling ourselves stories? Because one of the issues I think with New Age is delusion in a sense where we start telling ourselves certain things to a point where it starts losing meaning. Um, because we are, even if it's a dream, even if it's a simulation, even whatever, um, we're waking up, we're digesting food at the moment, uh, we're breathing air, like we're still we're embedded in information systems from genetics all the way up to super clusters of you know galaxies and stuff. So it's it's an informational sea, a sea of information, and I don't know how one escapes that. I mean, maybe Nirvana is the idea maybe, of that, but I think it's maybe Nirvana is the idea. Okay, so I think it's really interesting. I was just wanted to say something before we, because I could feel it like shifting to another tangent. And I wanted to address something that I'm sorry. Is it on Joe with a J or Anya? I just want to make sure. Anya. Thank you. I just like saying people's names correctly because I feel like it's a an aspect of respect. Um, and so I personally, I think what's interesting is that that itself is an aspect of where we can practice equilibrium and balance. So I think a lot of times people have a hard time accepting everything. Like I was kind of getting at like everything's both. So I think um, for me, for me and my experience, it's easy for me to see that I am everything and that I am nothing. And because I'm everything and nothing, I don't ignore anything and I don't avoid anything. And I see that everything has a purpose. So I actually see everyone's opinion is equally valid, Where whether it's Bruce Lipton, Gene Keys, whoever. Everyone's opinions are equally valid. Everyone's helping in some way. And at the same time, I still have my own opinions and my own ideas and my own soul plan. So I feel like when we're actually unified and not buying into the illusion of separation, we can understand that while also understanding at the same time, illusion is, a, I mean, separation is as much of a truth as it is an illusion. So I feel like unifying itself is understanding that illusion is truth and truth is illusion, depending on how you see. And that so much of what we're speaking about is subjective. And that when we're actually intending to unify, we're not getting lost in the words. Cause I've noticed for myself, when I'm actually intending to unify with someone, I can actually always understand what they're saying, regardless of what words they're using. But if I'm not able to unify, or if I'm 
not intending to unify and I'm attempting to just hold on to the perspective that I have and not expand my perspective, I notice I'm not able to understand people and there's a lot of miscommunication because I'm not seeking myself to expand or unify with them. And just to like say on the wordplay thing, like I think that's like where like, you know, this whole ideal of zero net neutrality gets lost is like it's not a nothing space. It's an all things space. It's literally like walking every single path possible and seeing it all and then understanding from being zero, you can go anywhere with that. And like the word zero in itself is like, you know, it's like, oh, well, zero's nothing. Zero's literally all things are gone. It's like the abyss of nothingness. And I don't, I think it's honestly the complete opposite of that. But then it's not. It's like words are just such a silly thing to me. I've been saying it for like the last six months. And I feel like how Violet's saying, like, it's so much more about the intention of whether you're trying to initiate a connection or you're trying to kind of promote your specific pathway. Right. And zero is the fool card. I mean, there's a fullness. I mean, the whole point of the fool card in Tarot is like, yo, you start at this naive point where you might fall off a cliff and you need animal companions to help guide you like Falcor or whatever the fuck. And you fly all the way to the end and you get to the world card and you say, I am everything. Holy tits. And this is all me. And as within, so without, and you get to this woke mode, that's it. And then you, the whole point is it resets again to the zero card where it's full of the knowledge of that world being you but then you reset for the game of novelty essentially like in an l1 sense you're like i want i want i mean it seems (laughs) it's hard to explain we're gods that are choosing to forget it or something along those lines not to be you know too bombastic with language here but it's like we're source connected um and we're experiencing for reasons that uh we struggle through because of attachments to expectations which are like, oh, I should be at peace, whatever. It's all here now, I think. I mean, it, it seems that's what like transcendence ultimately gets to, where it's like you become acceptant of things that are and aren't, and it's kind of woo way. You're like in it, but not of the world. But you're acceptant of it, but you're not, you're not, you know, bound to it in a sense. It gets tricky. Uh, language doesn't do a great job, and perspectives all differ. Uh, that's the internet analogy. It's like these are all the same kind of pearl, but they're infinitely different simultaneously. Paradox seems to be the name of the game in this machine of whatever. So speaking of machine of whatever, uh, maybe now is a good time to play a song. This is from, if we do play a song, it's from the Tron soundtrack, uh, which Daft Punk did. And this song title is called The Sea of Simulation. And we are back on the Golden Path with Violet and Cody. And Anya and Joe. Uh, uh, and Raphael. So I don't know where you guys want to take this because I think we're all kind of talking about the same thing, but it's funny because our perspectives necessarily dictate our situatedness and therefore our angle of approach is necessarily different. Though I think we all realize at a substrate level it's consciousness or something like that. And then, yeah, playing with consciousness is kind of what we signed up for in this dualistic kind of reality situation. Well, is that the silent majority agreeing? Valid? It's the void space that Anya wanted. (laughs) We're starting from nothing, no language. Finally. So, Valid Cody, you there? Valid Cody, you there? 
Yeah, I feel like, sorry, I was like hanging out with my cat for a second. <laughs> my cat missed you. If I love him, you guys would love him too. He's like a magical wizard. Um, <clears throat> I feel like, yeah, I feel like that the, uh, I would almost call zero point the vortex of creation. And I feel like personally, whenever I'm embodying the frequency of the all, which is the vortex of creation, I feel my own limitless as well as my own interconnectedness to everything, which itself fuels my intentions to be in alignment with the highest good of all. And I think that itself is important in manifesting and intending and resting in a state of equilibrium or zero point, which I feel like are different words for the same energy, which is making sure that we're always intending for the highest good of all and not, um, I don't know. I guess that's kind of where I guess maybe that's more of an individuation because for myself, I feel very responsible for my manifestations. And so there's a part of me that likes the idea and knows at the same time that I'm a little baby God scientist experimenting. So I'm putting out, you know, intentions and manifestations and I'm seeing my own karma being returned to me in the external mirror at the same time, feeling that I need to be responsible of what it is I'm manifesting because I'm not separate and my manifestations do affect other people. So even approaching equilibrium from that standpoint, I think is really interesting. Um, You know, Manifesting from a space of highest good of all, but making that all sure that it includes myself and not uh, falling into any uh, separation almost. Jim, did you find the answers you were seeking? Well, it's funny because, I mean, I've been stressed out about a lot of stuff. My fiance is across the ocean. COVID's fucking popping, so I can't. There's there's a lot of things that are occurring that I guess I would say I wouldn't consciously prefer, but at some level, given certain presuppositions, I guess it's happening because I'm participating with consciousness at a frequency in which I'm witnessing my internal state magnified through quote other. Um, so yesterday, I don't know, I was getting to a point where my fiance was all like, "You need to work on your root chakra. You're not like grounded right now. Like you're not feeling secure, or whatever." And it was funny because I. I been, I've been doing um, chakra chants from Jonathan Goldman, who we've had on the podcast. And um, Root's cool. I'll do it. I was doing all of them. Yesterday was a uh, heart chakra day on Saturday, according to a certain system, um, Dream Spell, my Dream Spell. But um, I got up to the third eye and the crown, and by that time I was realizing that the static was in my not surrendering and accepting it. I was having too much resistance with my ego, my mind, which I was conflating as my soul somehow or something. And, uh, my spirit, you know, had a, you know, a peace beyond all understanding or whatever like that. And I was just like, Oh, everything's fine. It's like, Hey, this is kind of how the video game is playing out. We've chosen a certain conditions like set on hard with no special codes or something. Um, and we're starting to crack out of those limitations. Um, but we're, we're, we are rewriting the cheat books right now. What are you talking about? Rediscovering, well, like, remembering the manuals. I mean, I, I mean, just briefly, Violet, Cody, or also Anya. I feel like by now we're totally playing with cheat codes. I mean, I know I am. Don't know about you, but relatively speaking, it's totally cheating mode. I, I we both resonate yes. with that so heavy. 
like uh, the cheat code thing is, yeah, I'm seeing it literally play out in my real life. And it's, it's funny because a lot of my life, I was thinking that I could just write my own cheat codes and it really doesn't work that way. You legit have to surrender to your lack of control. You, you surrender that lack of control and you can actually start to look around at the pieces you need and the pieces that were there all along. Like I've had this giant Gatling gun sitting next to me this entire time, but I've been trying to like build one on my own schematics and I wasn't even paying attention to all of the abilities that were right around me. And all it took was walking through that door of surrender and releasing the control that I was fiending for out of, out of my ego actually. Yeah, you guys want tricky thing. I mean, it seems like a, it's a functional necessity, or it has been for a while. Like I, you know, a self, an awareness of self in a certain embodied way. But it seems like some of the wiring of the machine can get in the way and convince us of things that, like, Gatling guns aren't allowed. I mean, to use your metaphor, or you got to go ahead and work really hard to build your own, which is, I guess, possibly true. But at the same time, it seems, um, oh, what am Oh, I'm thinking of all these movies and they're just flashing before my eyes, but I can't think of anything specific, so I can't remember the illusion I was going to say. But um, yeah, it's it's a lot more open source than we thought. Um, this gets into control mechanisms and perception. Um, I think, I mean, I haven't done much research into Bruce Lipton and stuff, but basically they're like, you know, you're you're in control of the vehicle and the operations they're in a little more than you might have thought. You're not just along for the ride totally. And yet simultaneously to, you know, seesaw on the other side that, you, you know, on the other side of the seesaw to equalize this whole thing out, uh, you are witnessing um, also. So it's this weird thing because uh, I don't think it's quite as open source as like if you, you know, I want a purple dragon in front of me right now and then it just happens. And then we kind of get disappointed with those expectations, but that would be the ego trying to make logical sense of certain elements of magic and reality. Um, whereas, I guess if you get to a place of excitement about something that similarly resonates with the idea of a purple dragon, something along those lines energetically in, a, in an equivalent sense manifests, whether it's the actual purple dragon or not. It might be Spyro the Dragon the video game as opposed to a physical purple dragon, or it might be just curiosity. I'm wondering what the limits of imagination are. It seems there's limits because we'll say anything's possible, and I don't disagree with that. I'm a guitarist, and one of the things I had on my guitar pedal in high school was the word possibility. I was like, I mean, I was doing a lot of mushrooms and stuff, but I was like, yeah, anything's any. This is a canvas; you can make it anything you want. Uh, but there seems to be domains of um, dynamic and uh, I don't know how to put it. Limits is a strong word. I feel like I know what you're saying. Go for it. I feel like what you're okay. So first of all, I want to say I agree with you in that I disagree with new age teachings that demonize or judge the ego. I think the ego is actually a purposeful and necessary teacher. I think everything's necessary until it's not. And so I totally get what you're saying about the ego being necessary, but also getting in the way because it kind of shows us where it's useful and where it's not almost and in which applications it's useful. And I think kind of goes back to, in a way, tying back to what Anja said about truth and lies. I would go a step further back from that and say, what do you define as truth? What do you define as a lie? Because those words themselves, the definitions have been convoluted and everyone has their own subjective version of those words. 
And then you have to think about, well, are we talking about objective truth or subjective truth? Do we le- do we believe both exist? Do we believe there's a universal truth and then our own personal truths? Personally, I believe there's both. And that's, I think, what you're getting at is that there is not a limit on our imagination. And yet at the same time, we're not in complete control over everything. So the way that I perceive it and practice it is that I always manifest and create whatever it is that I want, but I also don't expect it to manifest on a certain timeline because I'm outside the construct of time. And that's where the aspect of trust comes into play. When you trust that there is no limit on your imagination and that you're worthy of receiving everything you desire at everything you want, but it's never on a timeline. And so we always have in ego expectations to things arriving at a certain time, attachments to when it's going to arrive and attachments to how it's going to look. And so we spend all this time saying that we don't get what we want. We don't have control and yet we pretty much receive like 90% of what we want, but it's never in the way we attach to it or expect it. So then we create these stories that we're victims that we don't have control and power or an opposite narcissistic thing that we're the only ones having an effect on anything. And I think that itself is an aspect, again, of how we equilibrium it, where it's in the middle. It's again, it's both. It's that there's no limit on creativity there's no limit on what you can manifest and at the same time you have to understand uh, you as a general thing like we have to understand that we don't have complete control on that this is a collective consciousness experience so our manifestation might not happen exactly the way we want it to because there is um a better way of doing it that we don't perceive because we're still a separate fractal in a way in this experience does that like make sense what i'm trying to say yeah i mean it very much ties in ironically i wasn't trying to do this with tron which was the soundtrack we just heard so the whole point hopefully you guys have seen tron where and not the original i'm talking about the remake or the sequel or whatever um basically you know this guy jeff daniels ironically he was also synchronistically in the sample of the capex thing that Raphael introed with um, Jeff Daniels is this programmer. He wants to go create this utopian world. He starts realizing kind of quantum reality and he goes into it. He's like, you know, a, an hour would pass here, but a year would pass there. So I started building a world from the ground up, a total reset, like Anya was saying. It's like, let's just start from zero, like, you know, ideals, right? And like, like not all this baggage we've come up with in the game so far as humans. Um, and he leaves an image of, he clones himself essentially, right? And mirrors himself and he leaves an image of himself without any awareness kind of what with his programming capacity is called Q, I think, um, in the, the matrix as it's at its inception point. And he's like, I want you to make the perfect system. So he linguistically sets forth an expectation. And because language is weird and people are fucking, even in simulations weird, uh, he dips out and Q goes and tries to make a perfect world, but it's like, very masculine, very controlling. Um, and it, it, that's the whole point of the fucking movie. Right? It's like he pops back in, uh, his son pops in at some point. He's like, oh my God, why is this like a totalitarian, like crazy shit show? Um, you know, gladiator world. And it's because this guy is like, I'm controlling it to meet the expectations of what I presumed he meant by saying make a perfect world. And I guess the apotheosis of the creator at the end is like, I made a mistake by telling you something that you couldn't do. There needs to be freedom and jazz, you know, like that possibility. And you're not thinking in terms of possibility. You're thinking in terms of like structure and, and limits and rules. And that's necessary, but you've gone too far in that domain. And now I've got to kind of reset this whole world or whatever because it's, you know, it's kind of a sad moment, I guess you could say, because the things, it's very much kind of like, uh, 
I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast before, right, Rafael, where it's like, I think with Andreas, where it's like, you made me to do this. <laughs> and so it's doing its, quote, function, but then the function was limited because it wasn't endowed with the human spirit, which is maybe the image of God or something, right? So it has, like, arconic, you know, demiurge limitations or however you want to put that. So I think that's kind of what you were saying in a very long-winded, non-exact correlative where we... Oh, I just totally disassociated. <laughs> Sorry. Great, Jim. Great job. I know. It's Great, cool. Jim. Great. I, I was like, I got drawn back to that part where you said like baggage and him creating like a world with like, you know, complete reset zero. And it kind of drew me back to a, a visualization of stored in the zone or sword in the stone where um, Merlin's like marching all of his stuff into his bag. And it's like, I feel like that whole, the human key point to this, like to the, in our equation is like, we have a bag and it's like, we don't got to bring all the baggage, but like maybe some of the stuff that we had in our bag before we could still use in order to build this new world or this new space and time that we are trying to acquire and manifest. What I am. Violet uh, was saying before um, that many new age is against that ego and all that. And in my thinking, it's ego is, I can agree, it's useful, like many other things. And separation, I can say, for me, is useful too. Because it's... Um, it gives me a special point to uh, look at things when I'm not involved. So separation is for me not a problem and ego not. But what I, uh, I think, we never learn how to use that. We never learn how to use our ego, how to handle it, what is good or bad for us to give in that ego. So what we... Um, what information we eat, I can say. And on the same with the limitation or being a, being a creator, when I manifest things, uh, yes, sometimes I time it. I make really, I want to have, have it tomorrow or in three days or some, or some, uh, something. For me, it's, um, it's a learning way. So I can follow exact how my manifestation works, what way my manifestation goes. And um, it has nothing to do that I don't trust. It, 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 had, it had something to do, I want to know how exactly a manifestation works. Not only by trust, by knowing. And so um, I think for me, again, that zero point, we miss so many things that we don't learn. How to use, how to handle so many things, how to be really a creator. Normally we can say we create each moment with each thought, but we didn't know it that we do it. And the same, <clears throat> we have that crap idea from wherever, whatever it is, it's destiny. It's not destiny. And so 
Sorry, at the moment my English cracks down. That's fine. That's fine. I feel like I understand what you're saying. I feel like how did Cody said what did you, you said it so oh. well? What did you say? Um, I was I was saying that like I I, I totally feel on you like I, I at one point we definitely did know how to create everything. We we were masters of all or at least ourselves. But I think, you know, along the way somewhere we forgot. And I mean, this is all coming back to surrender. I feel like a lot of people are afraid to surrender to the fact that we did forget, you know, and like until we actually come to that point where we can accept that we forgot all of these amazing things that we were doing and, you know, really forgive ourselves for the fact that we forgot, then we're never going to be able to actually truly remember because we're it's like we're holding on to the resentment of the fact that we knew it all. And because we hold on to that, we don't have any space in our hands to create and remember the things that we had before. There's no way for us to create a new because we're holding on to that old ideal. So I feel like it's all really focusing straight back to the surrender point. Why am I not surprised? And I have, and I also feel like, I guess that's a part of the trust that I was actually getting at was that trusting that you do know. Cause like, for me, it's just different. Like I don't feel that I don't know. So I can't, I, I can in one way relate to your feeling and that I've felt before that I don't know. And in the same time, I can't relate because I know that I do know. And I know some things that I don't know. And I trust that I'll remember them exactly when I need to. And I don't believe that the knowledge is anywhere outside of myself. So I don't believe anyone can tell me anything that I don't already know on some level. All we're doing is reminding each other and walking each other home. And like this conversation is an aspect of that remembering. So I I feel like Cody does that it's surrendering to the fact that we do know, but that we forgot, but that we will remember. And all of what we're doing is jogging our memory to remember what we've already done that we want to recreate that version of the newness that you're talking about is actually already happened because there is no such thing from one perspective as time. So I feel like that itself also comes from losing the identification to time and understanding that new and old is the same thing and past and present and future is all the same thing. And we're forgiving amnesia. Yeah, we're forgiving <laughs> amnesia and we're we're learning to not recreate what we have created in our bitterness. In our bitterness and out of ego before. So I feel like again that comes back to trust and surrender too, trusting that we will get it this time, trust trusting that we will remember, surrendering to the fact that a lot of things feel out of our control and they are and at the same time everything we need to control completely is within our control. And I'll just say in defense of uh, destiny, <laughs> um, because it's kind of it's a combination of Bill Hicks meets uh, whether it's Hopi prophecies or Mayan calendars ending or, you know, Gene Key saying in 2027, we're going to go from the Ajna to the solar plexus and we'll learn in a new way and our species is shifting or whatever, age of Aquarius. Uh, I think these are ways in which, as Bill Hicks would say, People, you know, come to the park, they keep going, they, all the thrills and spills and all this stuff, and then they go, 
hey, I think this is a little different than I've been told, which is fine, because I don't want to have bitterness or anger to quote the people that have lied to me, because I think whether there's a controlled dynamic to it or not, it's agreed upon. Like, I'm participating in this, and I'm agreeing to participate in this, so I can't be so much of a victim. It's not happening to me. It's happening through me and others. So we're all here kind of on the playground at the same time saying, we're going to play tag, and I can't be like, well, why am I fucking it? Because I played, decided to play tag, and someone's it, and someone's not it. So anyway, um, so Bill Hicks, I mean, Raphael played this sample a few times, and maybe he can help me paraphrase it. But the idea is like, you know, <laughs> we're all in this theme park, we're going about it, and sometimes some people come to it. Buddha means awake. We kind of wake up to the fact it's like I think I've done this before, or I know something more about the situation than seems evident in front of me, linguistically or otherwise, perceptually, meat suit wise, whatever. Um, come to a certain inner gnosis. Maybe the tiger self, the uh, hangman was caught talking about, you know, when you surrender and you kind of like come to a certain place, you have enlightenment, right? Is within reach at that point, the tiger self, whatever the fuck that means. So, um, but then he's like, we remember he goes, Hey guys, it's just a ride. Like, don't take it too seriously. Like, don't like yell at the quote bad guys and don't like overly applaud the good guys. It's like, we're all just playing cops and robbers and it's just a weird trip and we're all having fun to learn through remembering from the amnesia you're discussing and then he's like what do we do to these guys we kill them or whatever so it's like i think what yeah it is this weird uh, you know something that you said you want to talk about but like um i've heard it described well uh in a way by us i don't know if they're side transparent or what but it's called ape to angel it's like the animal part of ourselves is what is the meat suit this glorified thing and colin smith has been on a few times and we've talked about the kind of uh i don't even know the Raphael, help me for lack of a better term, a higher dimensional reality of just the mundane, like, you know, the skull being the temple of the Holy Holies, the 33rd spine being the life of Christ, like all this esoteric anatomy and stuff like that, like the meat suit matters. And it took a long time to evolve and spirit came into the meat suit when it was primed in such a way that now it can apprehend itself. And wow, I'm self-aware now and I'm in the fucking game. This is a really interactive virtual reality simulation in a modern parlance. Um, and we just have to kind of, I mean, it's easy, but it's not easy because we're attached. So we're, we're not surrendered. We're resistant. And what are we resisting? Just acceptance at some level. I think there's something in us and I don't know if it's a human spirit thing or what, but like we feel we have to fix things, change things, do things. And that's kind of the paradox on the one hand is like, do nothing like, you know, be, Right, Alan Watts was like, "There's a balancing point, equilibrium, whatever, between do and be." It's kind of like riding a bike. You're pushing down on one side. At one point, you're doing things, and then your being is the you know you're also being. It's both and simultaneity. Uh, wave particle duality. Yeehaw! It's kind of all written at large in front of us. And I think the more people kind of, I don't know, it's not even a problem in the sense of like, oh, stop being so basic and animalistic and primal and tribalistic it's like that's where they're at and then at some point just like a tree has blossoms like the blossoms blossom at various points but at some point the tree is fully bloomed uh and that's the trip we're on we're on a passage of time space and that means material evolution through time you see what i'm saying i'm kind of rambling Raphael, do you know what i'm trying to get at if i said what i'm trying to allude to properly well i think so violet uh Cody, you with him? 
Yeah, yeah, I'm with him. Miley gave a thumbs up. I, I would, what Jim was saying kind of reminded me of like the idea, like the circus, like we're at the circus and we're all having a party and stuff and everything's all good. And then you wake up and you're like, wait a minute, but I'm participating. But like, I don't know if I want it because now it's kind of, I'm kind of starting to see things different. And it's like, I've always identified that like as like the subconscious consent issue. Well, they, they're not aware of what they're partaking in, but they're still creating it, even though they're unaware in that creation. And it's like, once you wake up, you kind of like, you almost realize like, holy crap, there's like glass walls around this entire circus we've been partying at. And I don't think I want to be here anymore. And you kind of see the limit within that subconscious consent and the fact that you're creating unknowingly. <laughs> yeah, Raphael, you've described these in terms before collective conscious agreements or whatever. Yeah, sure. The, simply the varying layers of consciousness. Which then again, then again allows one to explain the different perspectives to be had upon individual manifestation, collective manifestation, <clears throat> just like Violet mentioned, and uh, potential frustrations or to kind of avoid them if you're just aware that it's layers upon layers and depending on your own frequency, you will be able to transcend more and more and eventually, of course, all. But since also that process if you're not completely resistant to it in itself is kind of a given and automatic or automagic one also doesn't need to struggle too much and then again this whole relaxation letting go and surrender can help a great deal especially if combined with a clear intention and uh, direction on the masculine polarity wise let's say right the action in the in the dream because I think at some level, I mean, the Buddhist idea is like escape from the dream altogether. It's not what you think it is. Just let it be and, you know, you'll rise out of it eventually. Um, and then, you know, other just, you know, more Hindu things like, hey, dance to Krishna's food all day long. Who cares? Like, know that it's this dream. Um, you know, Christians are going to be like, oh, let's redeem the dream. It's it's distorted right now. We can maybe come into unified vision through, you know all this, the prophecies of Isaiah or whatever. It's like, oh my gosh, every every division is celebrated, actually. And we realize how, uh, you know, kind of kaleidoscopic the dream was once the dream becomes aware of itself in a certain way. I guess, what would some of y'all's advice be to um, the idea that, how, how does, or, I mean, the idea, I'm not Hindu, but the idea of Arjuna, which is like, yo, he kind of wakes up for a minute and is like, um, oh shit, I'm a warrior and I'm about to fucking murk a bunch of people across the river and I don't want to do that because namaste. And then I guess she was like, yo bro, you're a, you're an NPC. You're not an NPC, but your, your character in this thing is like warrior. Like go do it. Like you're not, it's a game, whatever. Fuck it. Um, how do you guys balance witnessing well with also action in trying to create the reality you want in that sense? For me, um, a large part of that acceptance of the role that I'm playing is remembering that forgotten knowledge and also <clears throat> accepting and understanding the purpose of judgment. Cody and I were talking about this earlier, how we feel like people have demonized judgment itself and are uncomfortable judging are even uncomfortable with the word judgment. I use the word discernment instead of judgment because they can't even own the own judgment. They have to create a whole new word for it because they can't even be comfortable with that. And for me, it's like 
making peace with everything. I feel so much peace inside myself that I don't judge myself and I don't judge other people. I trust myself and other people so much that I un- like that I trust that everyone knows exactly what they're doing. I choose to hold perspectives that are really empowering people, including myself, and I don't allow anyone to be a victim. So to me, everyone always knows exactly what they're doing. Everyone's exactly where they're supposed to be. Um, and all the things we remember and forget all happen at the perfect time. And so from that perspective, I don't have any qualms or issues about what roles I'm playing because I'm I'm. In my ego, in understanding the function of it, and yet I'm simultaneously out of my ego where I'm not judging it for its function and understanding its purpose and what it's doing. And I also understand ego beyond the aspect of, oh, it's our subconscious programming because our ego is more than that. Our ego is also our physical body. Our ego is also our personality. And there's many positive aspects, if you're going on a positive negative polarity, of ego itself. So for me, I don't have issues with my ego and I don't have issues with my soul and there's nothing within myself that contradicts itself. And because I'm in a state of peace, there isn't that argument inside of me. Okay, so for me, it's a little different because I do I have an inner monologue um, because my mom was like super caring. So I have this like weird momly thing that sometimes likes to come in and be like, well, I mean, we could just like give them like one more chance. Right. Like, it's okay. Like, I love them like we can. But, you know, I feel like the way I can kind of discern and get to my headspace where I know I need to embody that warrior is when I'm kind of sitting in my inner child space. Um, and building the relationship to my inner child, strengthening again, since it's been broken. And, you know, I feel like sitting in that, that lens and looking through that lens at the world, it's very easy to discern when something's just like justifiably right, or you are just convoluted and you are justifiably wrong in separation. And for some reason, I guess that in itself is the tool that I use to identify like when it's time to like, you know, hop over the river and kick some dudes butts or, you know, just watch this dude slip into the river and fall downstream. And he's like screaming for help, but you know, he put himself in the situation. So yeah, I guess that's like my approach. Word. I mean, the childlike wonder I, I'm looking cause I'm getting all these people. It wasn't Q, it was clue it was Jeff Daniels clone. And then his daughter's Quora or whatever this like and it's not even his daughter it's this chick who's like from another species within the matrix of their world um kind of a ghost in the machine kind of thing but she's got this childlike wonder she's like oh tell me about your world i'm reading all these books oh my gosh oh my gosh it's an adventure and if we can maintain that uh stance <laughs> essentially and be like we're programming adventurers and this is what magic is and sometimes we have high stakes games and sometimes we have peaceable moments and sometimes we you know it's like there's many it's kind of like uh, ready player one there's many kind of worlds within this world if people really want to go fight there's battlefields literally for that or you know activists in the street right now and if people don't want to do that they're on a farm chewing on grass saying look at that sunset or you know and if people want to be on psychedelics they're on them if they're not they're not it's an open source kind of choose your own adventure and we're all kind of walking each other home like the ram das thing that's been alluded to um and i do think that we're we're going to be hitting some milestones of that soon. I think that ever since, I mean, my presupposition is post-2012, it's been a very different game. The game has changed. There's even a track in Tron soundtrack. It's like things change. 
there's a there's this permanent unity to it all, but there's dynamos within it, which is represented through the dynamic of the duality in the yin-yang or whatever, the, the equilibrium of eternal dance between Shiva and Shakti or whatever the fuck. So, yeah, what a trip. Um, I guess we're kind of winding down if you guys want to. Uh, was there anything we haven't talked about that you felt like you wanted to? At the moment, I struggle a bit with it. What do I let's say uh, about judgment or about judge other people? For me, um, sorry guys, I cannot handle that. For me, to um, not to judge is sorry. A murderer is not a good person, and to kill other people is wrong. And the same is with, um, I miss that English word, let me say it in another way. To fuck children or babies is wrong. And I judge that people. Because what they are doing is a crime. It's, for me, against the free will from another person. And I, I don't come clear with uh, answers from whoever, yes, but before they came here, that both souls make the decision to have that experience here on Earth. Sorry, no, that didn't work for me. I know many people say that, but for me it doesn't work. And so, no, for me, without complete judging or judge people, sorry, I, I can't handle that. For me, it's a crime to work against free will from another person, and especially from a child. We definitely agree with you. We're speaking from a different perspective, which is actually about not demonizing judgment as in saying it's okay to judge. We actually are saying what you're saying, but that we're making the differentiation between judging the behavior and not the person. So you're not like, for example, this isn't your first life, most likely. You've probably had other lives. Are you aware of everything you've done in those lives? And do you judge those behaviors or do you judge yourself as a person? And so that's kind of, I feel like the difference, what we're talking about is we agree that those behaviors are not okay. No pedophiles, no murders, no, nothing like that. And we can't allow that because allowing that is becoming complicit in that. At the same time, we also believe that everything can be forgiven through conscious choice and change, which means that someone's soul can reincarnate in another life and decide that they don't want to play that role of a pedophile or a murderer anymore. And then in this life, they're going to rectify that. So um, does that like make sense? Because it's like it's a it's like a yes. And, and I think Cody wanted to say something, too, as well. Um, I just I just wanted to go back to a, a very old philosophy. It's called Vedic philosophy, and they speak of um, in the allowance of a criminal to continue an act, you yourself then become a criminal in the allowance of the continuance of the act because you are allowing another human to self-destruct or not self-destruct, but inner-destruct someone through their own control and manipulation of ego. 
And I mean, I don't, I don't want to judge anyone. I don't want to judge. I don't want to be the judge, dude. Who wants to hold the gavel? No one wants to slam down the gavel and be like, you're fucked up, dude. And like, you got to go. But I think continuing the allowance of behaviors after they have been identified and, you know, you're trying to implement like transmutation or some type of growth or alteration to where you can change and be better. And, you know, not only serve yourself, but the collective, there comes a point where it's like, all right, dude, like this is the eighth time. I don't think we can keep telling you to stop killing children. So we're just going to have to off you. And I don't see that as something judgmental. I don't see that as something wrong. I, I see it. as It's that's where the justifiability comes in for the continuance of the collective outweighs an individual's free will. Raphael, I'm kind of curious as to your position on that. Well, I think in uh, summation, you put it really well, also in terms of the differentiation and also that's what I also like to think sometimes when I'm like, oh my God, how can, oh my God, yeah, how can someone be so ignorant or, you know, have, have consistently such negative behavior in light of all the things that I believe myself to know right now, but also then, you know, aside from other projections and roles one may consider whether via Dolores Cannon, Love One or whatever, then I'm also like, well, who knows? Who knows how many times, you know, I've played all kinds of roles on this planet, in this civilization or others. So like you said, who wants to be the judge? And then the realization also that the only way ultimately how I cannot be judged and will not be judged or separated is if I don't do that to myself within the apparent outside and of course i'm very sure that as soon as we um, get to a more sovereign state of being we will also find many ways and uh, let's say change many things in a way that will make all of these issues that plague us all you know variants of abuse and so on i'm very certain that we would be able to very quickly also heal that if we are really interested individually and collectively in in a sense resolving these traumas quote unquote once and for all because again there is too strong evidence that we've been through many traumatizing resets and the world wars are just the most recent versions of those and uh, i would say that for a stable sustainable and in a sense life-affirming uh, civilization on earth especially if we now catch the curve then you know it'd be great if we don't uh, destroy ourselves and uh, sweep away our own foundation every hundred years so however i see great possibility now that uh, you know we can be constructive and all the things in a sense that have been promised and more may also be achieved within this lifetime. Of this, I'm actually very certain, if we so choose. It's funny because it's something that came to mind. I haven't heard a whole lot of Bashar, but something I had heard him say was something to the effect like, the universe loves us so unconditionally, like it's so unconditional, that it lets us do whatever the fuck we want. But I guess what happens is there's a hundredth monkey effect somewhat within the frequency multiverse or whatever the fuck. So at some point, it's like we start remembering that we don't prefer cannibal pedophiles or whatever the fuck and then we stop manifesting that as an option as an agreement collectively we start phasing it out it seems and it becomes um 
less prevalent. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure how it works exactly. I think something we're not really, I mean, I think it's a presumed here, but it's like capital M mystery reigns supreme at some level too. These are things that are beyond words, beyond culture, beyond personal understanding at a level. Um, but yeah, that kind of came to mind when Bashar's like, you know, I mean, the universe lets you do whatever the fuck you want. So you're going to be able to do whatever the fuck you want. And there's consequences to it in the sense that you start judging yourself, I guess, in a collective sense um, or a higher sense, God, or whatever you want to call that. And then adjustments are made through time. It becomes less preferable. I mean, that's what evolution shows, even just in the material Darwinian sense or whatever, where it's like if something doesn't work, it might stick around for a little while as a mutation. But usually, like, what doesn't work doesn't stick around forever in that sense the fractal keeps moving on it keeps moving on indeed well uh any uh, closing statements cody violet i appreciate all of you i don't want to say anything Um, I just want to say I truly appreciate this opportunity and all of you guys and just talking and sharing space and collaborating with our individualistic archetype ideals and pathways because I know we're all just trying to build a giant map road back to home. So this was absolutely amazing. Yeah, I appreciate you guys coming on. It's always fun. I know Violet said that you were coming through and she's like, maybe I have to reschedule. I was like, it'll be December. She's like, okay, never mind. Let's do it. So it was kind of... uh uh i mean i hopefully didn't take too much time out of y'all hanging out and stuff um definitely things to ponder it sounds like we all know more than we think we do we just have to surrender to it and kind of let the chips fall where they go and enjoy the fucking ride thank you so much for joining thank you all for listening remember yourselves Radio Pokemon.